Happy Mother's Day. From one mom to another, you are fabulous. God has given moms a unique ability to know exactly what their kids' needs are and to care for them in tremendous ways. And we know that moms care for their families in so many ways. You wear a ton of different hats. You're a nurse, taxi driver, uh, motivational speaker, WWE referee, <laughs> personal chef, housekeeper, mental health counselor. You do it all, and you do it amazingly. So thank you. Moms, today I pray that you feel valued. If your mom is still living, would you please stop and call her? Let her know that you are so thankful for her. She deserves a little bit of your time today. My mom grew up on a dairy farm, and that wonderful family farm has been in my family for over 200 years, which is pretty cool. After my grandparents retired, my aunt and uncle, um, Uncle Doug and Aunt Melanie, took over the farm, which was super sweet, because then we got to experience farm life just like my mom did. Well, okay. Not just like my mom, because obviously we didn't live there and work hard every single day. But when we got to go there, we got to experience what farm life was like. See, I was homeschooled until eighth grade, when my mom had finally had enough. And she sent me and my twin brothers to public school. Don't worry, we loved it. It was easier. But while we were homeschooled, we would go to the farm for weeks on end, and we loved it. My two cousins were there, and so we got to pal along with them and go out to the barn and do chores. Honestly, looking back, they probably thought we were crazy and out of our minds to be excited about doing chores in the barn. But we loved it. It was super fun. We were excited about it because, you know, us city folk in the suburbs of Syracuse did not normally get to do that type of stuff. Um, and I'm no expert, but I do appreciate and love all the different agricultural um, references that there are in the Bible. And so today, we're going to take a look at Jesus' parable about the farmer who scatters seeds, or the parable of the sower. You can find this parable in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but today we're going to focus in on Matthew chapter 13. Before we read those verses, though, I want to pray and make sure that we are listening in to what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. You see, I believe that we serve a very personal God, and he knows you, and he knows exactly what you need to hear today. And so would you join me in prayer now? Father, thank you. Thank you for being alive and active in our lives. Holy Spirit, we open our eyes and ears to what you want to speak to us. Help us to see the truths of your word and how to apply them to our lives. May your name be honored today as we spend time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. We're going to Matthew 13. We're looking at verses 3 through 8. Here's what it says. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly, but because the soil was shallow, they died. The plants soon wilted under that hot sun because they had no roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. 
First, I want us to take a look at the different parts of the parable. So Jesus told this story while he was alive here on this earth, sharing the good news with people around him. And then before he ascended into heaven, he gave the great commission to all believers to go into all the world and tell people the good news. So the farmer in the parable represents Jesus as well as all believers. The seed that's being thrown represents the gospel message. And the different soils represent the hearers, the people that are hearing the word of God. After Jesus had told this parable, he took his disciples aside and explained it to them. That is in verses 18 through 23, but I thought instead of reading it word for word, I'll just talk it out with you. The hard ground represents somebody who has a hardened heart. It's full of sin. They hear the word of God, but they don't understand it. They don't accept it. Satan is able to keep those people from growing at all. The rocky ground is someone who shows interest and awareness of the gospel, yet their heart isn't fully convicted. So when hard times come, they don't have those deep roots that will keep their faith intact. The thorny ground is a person who receives the gospel and is excited about it, but then other idols and distractions in their life choke it out. Worries, riches, lusts, all those things distract them in their minds and their hearts, and they cannot grow in the truth of the word of God. The good soil is someone who has heard and received the word of God. They understand it and allow it to take root and grow within their lives. This person represents true salvation that bears good fruit. I believe in looking at this parable, we can see that we have two jobs, to be growers and to be sowers. So first, I want to take a look at the growing job. And I know this seems a little backwards, but just go with me on this, okay? I think first and foremost, we have to take a look at our own soil, evaluate our own spiritual life, take a serious look at our own repentance and confession of faith. Moms, I know you are busy. And even more now <laughs> that our kids are with us all the time. I got it. I have three little ones at home. I'm a mom of four, but three of them are still at home, and it's mayhem, right? You are multitasking, managing that mayhem, running around like crazy. I get it. But hear me. Your spiritual health is essential. I know you have the tendency to put everyone else and everything first and yourself last. But please, slow down. The condition of your spiritual life is vitally important. How you are doing spiritually not only affects you, but it in fact affects your entire family. Fill up so that you can pour out of an abundance. Slow down and take some time to really evaluate the state of your soul. And everyone else do that too, not just moms. Everyone else, take a moment and think about your soil. Is your faith genuine? Has it taken root in your life? I like to explain it this way. Is your faith in Christ the lens through which you see the world? Does your understanding of God and salvation from eternal destruction dictate the way that you think, the way that you speak, and the way that you act? When we have an authentic relationship with Jesus, we change. We look different. It's like that seed that is planted and then sprouts a plant. There's new life. It looks different. The seed is no longer the same. 
Our lives should look different when we give them over to Jesus. And it's time with God that grows us. We cannot make spiritual growth happen on our own. We do not have that power. That power comes from God alone. And that is why you have got to spend time focused on your spiritual health, moms. If your spiritual life is not represented by the fertile soil, please be purposeful in developing deeper, stronger roots. And we do that by reading the word of God, prayer times, which, by the way, is talking and listening to God. We do that by worshiping, by singing songs of praise that just allow our spirit to interact with him. These are spiritual disciplines that are so life-giving, church. They are not just a simple suggestion by your pastor. They are the indispensable influence that give your spiritual life its strength and vitality. I want to be up front with you for a moment. My heart breaks because I see a culture of Christians that are seeking a feeling instead of knowledge. They're not investing in their spiritual life other than checking off the Sunday service box. It seems like sometimes people would rather read books about God and the Bible instead of the Bible itself, which is the book that is directly from God to you. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and powerful. Go to the source of power, moms. It is only there that you will be refreshed and renewed in just the ways that you need. When you read the Bible, pray for understanding. We serve a good God who wants to be known by you. Jeremiah 29.13 says that when you search for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. What an awesome promise from God. Moms, if you're like me, you spend a whole lot of brain power on your kiddos. So let's just go there. Let's talk about our kids. If you're also like me, you might have some control stuff. And I'm going to call it stuff and not issues like some of our husbands might. It's just stuff. We might want to make the decision for our kids to serve God all the days of their life but we can't. That decision is not ours to make. But what we can do is take our children along with us. While we are developing our spiritual life, teach them how to develop theirs. Trust me, my cousins did not learn farming by listening to their parents talk about it every once in a while or going into the barn once a week as a spectator. No way. They learned by being taught, by seeing it, then getting their hands on every aspect of caring for the cows and the crops. It's one thing to tell our kids, hey, read your Bibles. It's important. It's another to sit down with them, read with them, or maybe even be in your own Bible while they're sitting by you in theirs. And I know I'm going to get on a soapbox for a second. I am a children's pastor, and this is important to me. Use your actual physical Bible. If you are on a device, your kids don't know what you're doing. You could be texting, answering an email, playing a game. Please use this book and show them how to use it. Show them how to look up a book, chapter, and verse. They need that training from you, moms and dads. 
I know how distractible we are when we're on an electronic device, so it will help you as well to get in the book. I pray that we model for them how to get into the word of God, how to pray before we read and ask God to illuminate truth to our hearts so that we understand what we're reading. Allow God's Holy Spirit to speak to us while we read his word. Like I said, we can't decide for our kids that they will serve God, but we can teach them and show them an example of godly living and more importantly, teach them the Bible. Remember that the seed in the parable represents the word of God, which brings us to our other job, sowing or planting seeds. We as Christ followers are to live out the Great Commission by sharing the truth of the gospel with those around us. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, You have been taught the scriptures from childhood, and they are what gives you the wisdom to choose salvation by trusting in Jesus Christ. Moms and dads, you are the primary source of discipleship in your child's life. Please know what the Bible says for yourselves so that you can teach its principles throughout daily life. I'm sure you've heard this before, that more is caught than taught. Informal discipleship of our kids is very powerful. Yes, of course, sitting down to family devotions is extremely valuable and important, but it speaks volumes to our kids when we're just going throughout life and deal with an issue in a godly way. When you reference scripture and teach them how to live out their faith, those are moments that stick with them and create spiritual muscle memory. They are watching us moms to see how we deal with an offense from a friend. They're listening to how we deal with life's disappointments. And they're aware when we do and do not live out what the word of God says. Moms, I know you bear the weight of your kids' decisions sometimes, especially spiritually, but you can't. Won't you please let that go and let the Holy Spirit do what only he can do. Your responsibility is to sow the seeds of scripture in your child's life and that's it. Step back. Let God do his work. The farmer in the parable scattered many seeds. He was very generous. And that's because all farmers know that some seeds are just not gonna take root. They're not gonna yield anything. My Uncle Doug um, grew a few different things, but our favorite was the corn. And that's because it made for some good hiding spots, hide and go seek, and then jumping out, scaring people, or reaching your hand through the stalks and grabbing legs. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. My Uncle Doug actually would even join in. But aside from having fun with all that kind of stuff, he taught us a few things. And one of those things was just like Jesus said in the parable, that some seeds do not grow. And so you put a lot out there. You plant tons. Um, he would typically plant 30,000 seeds per acre. Again, I'm no farmer, but that sounds like a lot to me. And so moms, if we're thinking about a farmer throwing that amount of seed in an acre, when we're raising our children, we need to generously be putting the word of God into them, speaking it over them. I pray that as our kids get older, and they're weeding through life and trying to make decisions. The voice that they hear is ours in their head, but the words that they're hearing 
are God's word because we have planted that in them for years. Matthew 9 um, talks about Jesus traveling around with his disciples and he's teaching in synagogues, he's announcing the good news, he's healing people, he has compassion on people. And then he says to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his fields. Moms, I believe we can do this for our kids. I think we can apply this verse there. Pray that God will bring godly people into your kids' lives that will water and reap what you have been planting for years. If your children are older, probably preteen, teen years and up, um, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're not there yet with your kids, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but there's gonna come a time when your arms are not the ones that they run to. Your voice is not the first one they wanna hear from. There will be other influences in their lives. So plant generously and pray. Pray that the influences would be godly and that they would listen to them and that their lives would indeed reap a large harvest. I know my desire is to raise good little farmers, ones who understand the importance of embracing growth in their own lives and then who will be bold and faithful to sow seeds wherever they go. Moms, our children have to know the Bible so they can stand up in their generation for truth and follow God's standards no matter what our culture is trying to teach them. I wanna close by encouraging you to grow and sow beyond yourself. We've spent a lot of time talking about evaluating our own soil and teaching our children. But I pray that you are using this time, I do pray that you're using this time to do that at home, to take all of us being together 24-7 <laughs> and focus on spiritual health, discipleship during these times when we are stuck at home. But apart from that, I want us to now look outward. There are so many people in our world that still need salvation. We need an urgency to share our faith, church. The parable should be a motivation to us to take the gospel message throughout the world. We have a responsibility to advance the kingdom of God by sharing the good news with everyone around us. I know the temptation right now is to focus on the earthly, uh, what's going on around us, how it's affecting us, to participate in debates and inundate ourselves with politics. But I want to challenge you to keep your focus on the eternal. Be aware of what is going on in our world, yes, please. But be weighed down by it, obsessed, uh, angry, discouraged, anxious about it, no, no. We as Christ followers to some degree know what to expect. Recently, I was ranting a bit to my husband and ministry team and friends and basically anybody that would listen to me because um, I was frustrated with the state of our country and everything that's going on. And honestly, in the matter of a quick phone call, God grabbed my attention and told me I was focusing on the wrong thing. I was concerned with earthly issues over heavenly ones. I had been so caught up in the here and the now that I'd actually missed something that the Holy Spirit had spoken to me. 
a young woman was brought to my mind by him the night. I had recently been developing a friendship with her and I didn't reach out because I was too distracted. I was too focused and busy formulating arguments and opinions in my own head. Um, and the phone call that I received was that this young woman was suddenly on life support. I was jolted by this devastating news. I heard God's voice remind me where my focus should be. On his people who desperately need him. Church, please don't miss this time to speak truth into the lives of those around you. Don't allow distractions or fear to cripple you. Sow seeds. I don't remember where I read this, but I liked it. The writer said the sower's job is to sow so much seed that the weeds cannot keep up. The farmer in the parable knew that. He was not overly concerned about whether the soil would take the seed or not and reject it. He just threw it and generously. We too should sow the seeds of the gospel as much as possible. It is not our job to evaluate the condition of the soil. Just throw the seeds. Tell people in your life, about Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross and resurrection to forgive our sins, the hope that we have to live someday in heaven again. If that news is not energizing, I don't know what is. Be faithful to share the truth and then step back and let the Holy Spirit do what only he can do. For the next few moments, I would love to have you do something. Look at your soil. Self-assess. Ask God, where does my focus need to be? Is it on getting deeper roots in you, Lord? Or is it on sharing my faith story? Maybe it's both of those things. Once you've heard from God, ask for his help. He loves to help his people. When we cry out to him for more of him, he pours it out on us. He is faithful to do that. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your savior and you would like to. Please contact someone that you know is a Christ follower. They would be overjoyed to pray with you to receive salvation. And honestly, chances are they've been praying for you already. Or of course, you can certainly contact us here at Grace Assembly. We too find great joy in praying with people for salvation and discipling them. Can I pray over you? And I know it's silly to ask that because if you're telling me no, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> Let me pray for you as we wrap up our time together that God would just pour out to deepen your roots and that you would be filled up to be bold enough to speak out truth in this time. God, thank you for your faithfulness to be found by us when we seek you wholeheartedly. That is my prayer today that people would get serious about their relationship with you, dig in deep, fall more deeply in love with you so that we are just changed, we are transformed by the inside out. Holy Spirit, I pray for an outpouring of new, fresh boldness for believers everywhere, that we would take this time and be faithful sowers of your seed. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear you this week. 
so that we do not miss out on divine opportunities, appointments that you want for us, Lord. I praise you and thank you for your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.